Welcome to AHS Counselor Conversations, a podcast where we explore issues related to mental health, college and career preparation, adolescent development, and anything else connected to maximizing our students' health, happiness, and hopes for the future. Hi, thanks for joining us for the fourth episode of AHS Counselor Conversations. I'm Abby Asphalt, counselor for the class of 2020. We're recording this episode on our annual AHS Career Day, and I'm thrilled to be joined by the panel of college personnel from UofL and Bellarmine who came to speak to our seniors about resources on campus and the different ways that they can use their college years to help prepare them for the future. They were kind enough to stick around so we could talk a little bit about the parent role in all of this. Whether you have a freshman or a senior, we hope that you'll find this conversation helpful. I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to our guests and give them a moment to introduce themselves to you. Hi, my name is Danielle Dolan. I'm the Assistant Dean for Advising in the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Louisville. Hi, I'm Marissa Williams. I'm an Academic Counselor Senior in our Exploratory and Transition Advising Office. Hi, my name is Kristen Wallach. I'm the Dean of Student Success at Bellarmine University in the Student Success Center. Hi, my name is Kim Kearns, and I am at Bellarmine University. I'm the Director of Academic Enrichment in the Student Success Center. Great. If each of you could just talk a little bit about what that actually means as far as what you do with students on campus, that would be awesome. Well, I can start. So I um, run all of the professional academic advising that comes out of the College of Arts and Sciences, comes out of my office. Um, so what we do is it's almost a tailored, holistic approach to student success when it comes to helping the students navigate their educational experience. Uh, it starts with an academic lens, but then it moves into other things that impact those academics. So things that are going on outside the classroom and we kind of guide them through their degree progress. As long as they stay in the College of Arts and Sciences, we talk to them about their major, why they've chosen it, uh, paths that they can take. Also, we talk to them about being intentional um, with their experiences outside of the classroom, as well as being intentional with the electives they choose as well. Um, at University of Louisville, in our Student Success Center, we house exploratory and transition advising. So we see students as they come in they may come in as an undecided student where we're helping them figure out that path that might be a good fit for them. Or we also see students who um, may have applied to UofL for a specific program but did not get admitted uh, initially. So we help them navigate the process, take the prerequisite courses that they need to get into the major of their choice. We also meet with students on a regular basis who might be changing or questioning their major and trying to find their fit at UofL. Um, in the Student Success Center at Bellarmine, um, we are the home to a couple different areas and programs. Um, we are the home of academic advising, so we do first-year professional advising um, for all first-year students um, and some um, sophomore students as well. Um, we are also the home of academic services, which is our tutoring center, our writing center, and our academic support services, um, including the testing center. And we are also the home of academic enrichment, which is some of our first year programming. And I'll let Kim talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. And um, we also um, um, offer our office, um, office of study abroad and international learning. So students can come to us to um, explore more about their global learning experiences. And we also are the home of B100, which is our first year one credit hour transition course that all students are required to take in their first semester of college um, so that it helps them navigate through the first um, the first year or the first semester of Bellarmine. And Kim, I'll give it to you. Yeah, for academic so, enrichment. Uh, yeah, academic enrichment in the Student Success Center at Bellarmine University. 
that is um, really our first year programming, uh, our, our programming for the Student Success Center. The um, emphasis is on enriching the academic experience. So we do that through um, different programs like learning communities, which I can talk more about, but essentially that's just a group of students coming together to take classes together um, and to learn both inside and outside the classroom, connect with faculty, peer mentors, that sort of thing. Uh, we also have uh, first generation initiatives, and that is really uh, a lot of different programming for all of our first gen population at Bellarmine. Uh, we are uh, each of our cohorts is um, on average about 40% first generation. So we have a, a pretty large first gen population at Bellarmine. So we do a lot of uh, support activities and things like that to help um, in their transition to college. And just uh, um, to clarify, a first generation student is someone who uh, neither of their parent has graduated from a four year college or university. So that's what we do. Thank you all so much for that summary. You provided tons of really great information to our senior class today. Um, really stuff I think is relevant for any student in their high school career to hear and learn as they think about what their futures might look like. Now this podcast is geared more towards parents, so I'd love to hear a little bit about what you perceive as parents' role in helping their students be successful in wherever they go after high school. Okay, I'll start. Um, so I think um, I like to look at, at the parent relationship as um, a team, right? So I like to work with parents in the sense that if we, from our institutions, are trying to um, get them to utilize different resources, get, getting them to kind of think through things in a different way, um, I think the families are the, some of the best ways to do that. And so working as a team, being on the same page, I think those are all really, really important things. Um, supporting the student uh, through orientation or through whatever means um, possible. I think different institutions have parent orientations and things like that. So I think attending those types of things, getting the same information. Um, I don't know if it's the same at every school. I know um, orientation can be very overwhelming. It's so much information at once. And so to have someone else hear the same information, to kind of get a second pair of ears to hear, to hear what that is like, uh, I think can really help with students in processing all of that information. Uh, so yeah, I think just generally being a support. Um, the other thing I'll mention, and I think we'll get more into this in a bit, but is um, when a student does, you know, maybe they're home for fall break, right? It's their first time um, back home after they've been at, at college for a couple weeks. Um, I think just being there and asking questions and generally being supportive uh, is, a, is a huge, huge thing that families can do. Um, and really knowing that the, the students themselves deeply, deeply care what you think as a parent. Uh, and so just being open to that and, and recognizing that um, the pressure that you might put on them could be causing, um, it could be a good thing, but it could also be causing additional stress. And just so kind of recognizing your role in, um, in the stress of a, of a first year student, especially. Um, I think um, one thing that might be a little bit different from the college experience and the high school experience is that you may have had a daughter who's um, sailed through their high, her, her high school experience, got all A's, um, was in leadership positions, was a top student. Um, and you might, we, we see a lot of the students, they come to college and although they're still highly capable and they're still going to be a top student, they struggle in that first year of college. Um, oftentimes they go to that first history class 
and the volume of information that is presented in the very first session is sometimes what a student might learn in an entire semester in high school. So you might see that your um, highly successful daughter um, is, is struggling for the first time. And please don't worry. Please, again, just support her, encourage her, and connect her with some resources that might be able to help her through, those, through that transition to college. I'm thinking um, along the lines of helping them find their fit in, in their college. And I know that when I went to college, there was a lot of pressure not to pick a certain major, but just to pick a major and letting your students know that you want them to be open and to explore things. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to have students do informational interviews and job shadow. And as a potential working professional, like parents can help make those connections. Students can sometimes feel um, shy or, it, or it's, it's awkward to reach out to random strangers to find out what does that person do for their job? Do they like their job? Um, what are the, the pros and cons? How did they get to their path? And if you can help your students find people who do the things that your student wants to learn about, that can really help shape the path as they explore um, the majors and careers that they may want to enter into one day. Um, I would say <laughs> to think about the role that you're going to play now that your, your daughter is going to transition into college. You've been the main character in their lives for so long, and now you'll have to move to a supporting role. And when, when your daughter might have setbacks, whether it's on campus, whether it's in a class, um, she's going to have setbacks and your first instinct is likely going to be to fix it for her. Um, but I think sometimes the best thing to do is letting them learn on their own and being able, encouraging to take the steps and advocate for themselves. Because one thing that colleges are trying to do so much of is to build resiliency within our students and the role that you play in helping your, your daughter cultivate that is so essential. Um, and that means, you know, when they do have setbacks, acknowledging the setbacks, saying that it's okay that this ha has happened and then coming up with a game plan from there, you're gonna be a big supporting role in that and seeing and helping the, and helping her navigate the, those challenges, but also helping celebrate successes when they do happen. What are some of the resources you all talk a lot about the possibility and maybe even likelihood of students getting to college and experiencing uh, frustrations, setbacks, failures that maybe they are not used to um, or had an experience before. Maybe they had and they're just amplified at the college level. What are some ways parents can help them get access to the resources and what resources are available to those students on your campuses? Well, I would say that most college campuses have their resources listed on their website, whether it's through the, their student success um, office or whether it's through Student Life. Um, all of those resources are out there. The information is out there. It's just a matter of finding it. And so we always tell students, too, you don't know what you don't know. So making sure that you're being proactive and familiarizing yourself with those resources the biggest resource I would say, at least at the University of Louisville, their first point of contact is going to be their academic advisor. So the academic advisor, if they can't find, if they don't have the answer, they know where to go for the answer. And so we have different support systems on campus, including a counseling center. We have a disability resource center. Um, we have student life. We also have SGA, student government. We have a TRIO program, which is for usually for first gen low income students. We have 
I mean, it, it runs the gamut of services. We even have a first year initiatives office that their sole focus is to do programming around first year students. Um, so just knowing what is out there and learning it with your daughter is so important too. I would say my parents' philosophy was to open the door, push me out, and I was on my own from there. But it would have been so helpful, you know, had they had the conversation with me about knowing who to go to, or at least knowing at least one primary person to go to to ask those to ask those questions. Because sometimes you don't know, don't even know what questions to ask. I would echo Danielle's comments on finding that one person on campus and at U of L, an advisor is definitely someone who can make those connections for students and. Besides the things in life that can happen that students might need assistance with for the first time, um, we have a tutoring center on campus that is free. We have a university career center on campus that can help them do their resumes and do mock interviews. We have a writing center in our library. So depending on each student's particular needs, the advisor can assess those and help make them connections with the right people on campus um, and, and help make it comfortable and bridge that gap between they can be uncomfortable reaching out to an office for the first time but if we know a particular person in the office, we can refer them directly, which is really helpful in making that transition. Um, uh, yeah, I would echo all of the um, services that um, were just said, the tutoring center, the writing center. Um, we also um, have a testing center um, that students can come for reduced distraction um, environment for extended testing if they, uh, if they do qualify for accommodations. Um, we, um, and we also have a lot of mentoring programs so I oftentimes say I can tell a student something 10 times, but then one of their peers tells them the same thing <laughs> that I say, and they listen to their peers. So I would encourage getting involved, uh, encourage your daughter to get involved in some of those mentoring programs that she feels um, fits with her interest. So. And I would just add two things to what everybody else has said. I agree with everything. Um, kind of like what Kristen was mentioning earlier about this may be the first time that your student, your daughter has maybe stumbled. Um, they also might be in the, we see it probably every day, everybody here sees every day that, oh, tutoring's not for me, right? It's, it's for someone else. It's, it's not, I don't need tutoring. Um, so really uh, getting back to your all's roles as family, I think uh, normalizing what tutoring is, normalizing the counseling center, normalizing asking for help is a huge, huge uh, opportunity. The other thing I'd add too is that um, we, as professionals in higher education, we are bound by a federal law to protect the privacy of students. Um, it's called FERPA. You may or may not have heard it by now. You will hear it again, I'm sure. Um, and really, the most important thing to know about FERPA is just that, um, like we've all mentioned, it's a transition, right? Your daughter is um, going to be starting in college, and so therefore she has rights as a student. Um, and so that means that we, you know, if you, if you were to call their academic advisor, that advisor is not going to be able to tell you, oh, they're failing this course. Oh, this is their student status. They can help you uh, refer to resources. They can give you really generalized information, um, but we aren't able to give any private information. Um, there's ways to work with the student, work with institutions who, um, you know, waive those rights and do a lot of other different things, but just know that there's going to be a limit to what we can and can't tell you, and that's not because we don't want to tell you, that's because we're trying to protect the student. Um, but there are things that we can help coach you through and have questions that you can ask to hopefully get that from the students themselves. Great, thank you. Um, I know one of the big category of questions we had today um, from our students related to the future and thinking about 
what am I going to study? What major should I choose? Are there minors that are helpful? How do I know if I'm in the right major? What if I change my mind about my major? What careers can I get from this major? What major should I do for this career? Um, I'd love if you guys could talk a little bit about that connection between majors and career and also what other exploration experience type things students can do in their college years to help them figure out what path to move forward on so that parents can sort of reinforce some of those messages and um, actions that their students can take at the home side of things. Well, I mean, I would first start with asking questions about the decision-making process with your daughter and to try to refrain from any sort of pressure to pick something. Trust me, they already feel enough pressure, uh, not only from themselves, but from their peers, so they feel pressure to pick something. Um, So the best thing to do is just to ask them questions and to support them as they navigate it and to let them know, especially if they don't know which way they want to go, they know they want to study something, but they may not know what they're going to do with it. You know, not to not to ask that age age old question. Well, what are you going to do with that degree? Um, It's better to kind of help (laughs) help them connect what more so than anything, help help them ask, ask them to think about, okay, you're going to choose this major. How is it going to inform what you want to do later on down the road? What are you learning about that you think is going to help you in a career? You know, reframing the questions uh, to get them to think a little bit deeper about the choices that they've made. And as advisors, we know that a major does not always equal a career. There are some instances where that can look fairly linear, but oftentimes it's it's very confusing path for a lot of people. Um, as an anthropology major, my mom did ask me, well, what are you going to do with that? And I didn't have an answer, and it caused a lot of stress and anxiety for me. And then I found an unrelated career field, but uh, the skills that I learned within my major are really what helped me today. And the experiences that I had outside of the classroom also really informed that. So as I mentioned earlier, if you can help them find those people, if they express an interest to you in a certain field or studying a certain thing, can you find a family friend Um, someone that you work with that you can refer your student to to talk to about why did that person choose that major or how did they find this career path um, can be really informing for your students and um, it's a really cool way to support them when we refer students to do job shadowing or do informational interviews to to find out if something could be a good fit for them and they have to compare that experience to their own personality their interests their values their strengths And if you can help them um, find those opportunities, it would just be a fantastic thing. I'd also add um, to encourage your daughter to get involved in things outside of the classroom. Although the classroom is critically important to the college experience, um, there are lots of opportunities um, across campus to do volunteer work. Um, Also internships, which are oftentimes or most of the time required with the major, um, and also leadership opportunities. Um, I know I graduated from college many years ago, and the thing that I look back on and think of are, are the, the activities that I involved myself in, the leadership opportunities that I took advantage of. And I'll say that as an Assumption graduate, Assumption uniquely prepared me to be able to take on a lot of those leadership responsibilities at, a camp, at the campus level. So um, just encourage your daughter to maybe engage in things that do align with her interests so that she can explore um, whether or not those are the things that she really does want to do And I would just add as well, um, it seemed like a lot of the questions that we had from the seniors today uh, all centered around kind of this shame or fear or some, you know, something along those lines of, uh, we had a question, 
uh, what happens if I put this major on my application and then by the time I arrive on campus that want, I want to change it. And our all of our responses is that, yeah, of course, you're, you're learning. You're, you are going to, I think someone said you're going to be a completely different person than you are right now in a year from now. And, and so we expect you to learn more about who you are. We expect you to learn more about the world around you. And then because of that, we expect that they'll also be changing their major. Um, it is a very, very common occurrence uh, that students will change their majors multiple times throughout their college career. Um, I know I personally didn't really figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I, I had my major, but uh, like we just discussed, that doesn't necessarily mean equal what you want to do. I didn't figure out what my career field was until actually probably after my undergraduate degree. So um, it, it really, that was kind of the big piece was a lot of the students really, it seemed felt that fear or shame around changing the major. So again, getting back to normalizing, changing majors, and, and in fact, celebrating the fact that they're learning who they are. And I think that's a good thing. So just um, recognizing that, that that's okay and supporting your student through that process. I mean, and I'll just reinforce that um, from the high school side, you know, the seniors are the students I've been working with for the last four years. So we've had lots of discussions about the future and what it will hold. And I know that is something they already feel like they're behind because they're seniors in high school and they haven't figured out what they're going to do with the rest of their life. And I think that's because we do, we have a culture at the school and a lot of family support of like helping these students achieve success and certainly helping them find their way to something that's going to bring them fulfillment and what ever other types of success um, they're looking for in their lives. Like that's our goal. That's what we're pushing them towards and trying to support them in. Um, it does provide this unintended pressure to like have it all figured out really early on. And I think most of us um, as adults can probably look back on our trajectory from high school to where we are now. And it probably wasn't a really smooth, clear one. So I think again, just like the more examples we can provide for them of adults who are successful in the world doing things that make them happy or feel fulfilled that didn't necessarily follow, oh, I knew X, Y, Z, and it happened exactly in that order of the way I thought it would, I think can be really um, validating and comforting to these students who are feeling just very uncertain about what the future looks like. I think everyone on the panel today said that when they started uh, college, they had no idea that they would be doing the thing that they're doing right now. <laughs> so, um, you know, the path is not always Yes, and I think a lot of times it's because you don't even know what exists until you experience it. Um, I know in high school I had no idea of probably 90% of the things that actually were careers I didn't even know were a thing. So I think that's another piece of it is just being exposed to a whole, literally a whole new world. Um, and I think uh, that's a that's a huge piece of it too. It's just people not even realizing what's what's available. So to follow up on that, and also uh, there was a comment made at the panel discussion of like there are careers that don't even exist yet that will exist when these students graduate from college or graduate or professional schools. What would you see as like the most important skills they are gaining? Content knowledge can be very helpful, certainly, but outside of the content knowledge of the major they're in, what are some of the other skills that really want to see students develop over their time in college? Yeah. Well, I always talk to students, especially when they're reluctant either about choosing their major or about switching their major to something that's a better fit. They always don't understand what they can do with an anthropology degree, what they can do with an English degree, because again, there's no job called English. Um, so what they, what they really need to be thinking about is, 
okay, I'm going to look through this educational lens for the four years, five years, or whatever that I'm in college. Okay, what skills do I need to build to be successful at a job? When most employers are, are surveyed, they say what they look for in their employees is the ability to communicate effectively, the ability to troubleshoot and problem solve and to critically analyze things. Our world is full of so many complex problems that we need strategic thinkers in order to think through those at many different levels. And so choosing a discipline that is going to, to build and then hone those skills is so essential. So what we like to call as soft skills may not be clearly evident, may not be tangible um, when, you're, when, you're, when you're given your diploma, but in reality, if you've chosen a discipline in which that you can engage in, those skills are going to be there. It's just making those intuitive leaps to connect them to, to how to do any job effectively. Um, I would say that even if a student is sitting in the classroom learning content in, in for example, history class um, or psychology, that the other things that are happening in that class are application and critical thinking. And the application and the critical thinking that the students are using as they acquire the not the content knowledge are the things that they will be able to use in the in their career. Um, so you know, it, an, a nursing a nursing major who is out in the field doing her clinical, um, she's going to be learning a lot of skills as she interacts with other nurses, other doctors, other and with patients. Um, a teacher who's doing her uh, field work in the classroom is going to be interacting with principals, with counselors, with other teachers. And those skills that the um, that this, your daughter is applying in those environments um, and for, at other internships for other majors as well are going to be um, skills that, that your daughter can use um, in her career later on in life, regardless of what the specific content that um, your daughter is, is acquiring at the time. And um, just to add, I think Kristen touched on it. Learning we know happens both inside and outside the classroom. So, uh, you know, just stepping onto a college campus and being exposed to different types of people, different types of thought, different types of everything, literally everything, uh, that is already teaching these students, teaching your daughters some skills that um, that is going, no matter the profession, it, it really doesn't matter what profession, they're going to need to know cultural competency. They're going to need to know uh, how to communicate. They're going to need to know how to build relationships. And so I think, uh, yes, like every, you know, we've said the content is crucial. Um, however, is equally as crucial, if not even more important, um, that they have skills outside the classroom as well, that they learn, that they're learning through experience outside that classroom. Right, because having a college degree doesn't necessarily mean that you're qualified to do a certain job. Um, usually that comes with experience and the experience that you've gained um, outside of the classroom and that is so essential. So pushing your daughters to do experiential learning, whether it's job shadowing, whether it's interviewing, doing an informational interview um, with people in a field that they're interested in going into, job shadowing, internships, all of those are vital to the experience. Um, I made the mistake of not having any, really any experience once I graduated from college because um, I worked through college. And so when I started applying for jobs post-college, I wasn't really getting any, any, any answer because I had no experience um, for entry-level jobs. And even for entry-level jobs, you need some sort of experience. Um, so encouraging them and asking them questions about what they're doing to be intentional about their experience while they're in college. I'd also say if your daughter has the opportunity or the interest in, global, in going abroad, that an mm -hmm. international or global learning experience is 
would be a, a wonderful opportunity. Um, I've had, I did have the opportunity to study, learn, teach, and work abroad um, in my uh, when I was in college through my professional trajectory. And going abroad is um, just it hones all of those critical thinking, the intercultural skills all of those skills that you need to be um, successful in the workplace. Some of the most, the best learning that I've ever had is, um, is is when I was abroad. So, And please be sure to talk to your, um, your international office because there are oftentimes lots of scholarships available if you feel like finances are a barrier to your daughter going abroad. And uh, lastly, I would add that um, as your as your daughter is getting these experiences and building these soft skills, sometimes it's hard to put that on a resume so have your student utilize their university career center and work on that resume. Um, I always tell my students that when you apply to a job, that job is not looking at your transcript, they're looking at your resume. So keeping that resume in mind and building it each year and going to the career center on a, on a yearly basis or even a semesterly basis just to take what are you doing on campus and getting involved, what are you doing outside of the classroom and in your life when you go back home and do you work and how do all those skills work together um, and especially as students get to junior, senior year, and they're thinking about a possible first job after college, being able to, to build a strong resume and use their experiences and frame it in a certain way that fits that career that they're applying for. Um, I needed help with that, and it was really, it was really nice, and I felt way more confident um, when I felt like my resume was stronger and I started getting um, job app applications and interviews and things like that, so. Yeah, I will say, we have, um, our, we have a group of students who work for the Student Success Center and they, they run our, our reception. And so as, as you walk into our Student Success Center, you're greeted by students. Um, they, they help you check in, they tell you where to go. And I've talked to those students before and they said, all we are doing is sitting here answering phones and checking students in. And I said, no, like, no, that is not what you're doing. So we had to talk through it with the students and tell them, you know, we had to talk through it and say, you're doing more than just sitting at a reception desk um, helping students check in. You're honing those soft skills. You're learning how to work. You're learning how to be functional in a um, in a work environment. And um, you know, we, I know that their supervisor also helps them think through how you put that work experience onto a resume to make it applicable in, in the in the work world. So. This has been such such a great discussion. I want to provide the opportunity if there are any last thoughts or words of wisdom or messages you'd like to leave with our parents. Um, just to open the floor for any additional comments you may have. I would just say, I would again reiterate just, you know, everybody's path looks different, including your daughter's path. It may not look like your path. It may not look like another child's path. Um, but just know that it's her path and she's going to have setbacks. She's going to have moments of success and she's going to have, you know, a lot of living <laughs> in between classes. So making sure that you are there again in that supporting role, encouraging her, being her biggest fan, being her biggest support, and letting her do the things that she needs to do on her own, um, but knowing that you're in the wings, um, willing to help whenever you need to. I'd I just say, I'd like, to, as a parent, thank you for committing um, to an Assumption education. I know as an Assumption graduate, um, I do think that Assumption prepared me well for college. We do see that Assumption graduates do well in college. Um, I know that there can be financial strains. Um, families have to prioritize. So just by um, 
just by making the choice to send your daughter to Assumption, I think you're already moving in the right direction of, of helping your, your daughter be successful in college. So thank you for your commitment to your daughter's education. Thank you all so very much again. It's been great having you here today with the seniors and then the extra time you spent today so we can give our parents some guiding words and thoughts on supporting their daughters as they move forward. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you again, parents, for tuning in for the fourth episode of AHS Counselor Conversations. I hope that you found this discussion to be helpful as you think about your daughter's futures and the different ways that you can help prepare her for success in whatever uh, path awaits her. Um, Again, always, if you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions for future topics, we would welcome hearing from you. You can always reach out to your daughter's individual counselor, but you can also email us at guidancepodcast at ahsrockets.org. Thanks again, and we will see you next month. Mm